and welcome back to another episode of Farewell Evangelion, the Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast where we go through the series bit by bit. My name is Keith, and I'm going through for my last time, and as always, I'm joined by Peter. Oh, yeah, hello. And he's going through for his first. I I think we might have to change the intro tag, because I don't think first applies anymore. Yeah, but then I have to rephrase what I'm saying, and it's kind of muscle memory at this point. What if, hear me out, we start an all-new podcast, uh, <laughs> and this podcast, uh, we just go through the series again, except we start saying, you're going through for your, I, well, we can't say last anymore, because it's clearly a lie at this point, uh, you're going through one last, no, the stab would still be, no, fuck it, I give up. Sorry, I'm derailing the podcast before we even get started. What no, the no, here's the solution. We listen to the podcast episodes, we bring a third person in, I'm going in for my rebooted time, you're going in for your last, and they're going in for their first. But specifically, the podcast. We never go through oh, the content yeah. again. That's exactly it. We uh, go through, or we uh, call the podcast Farewell, Farewell Evangelion, and... We're both going through the podcast for our last time, and someone else is going through the podcast for their first time. Uh, we don't even talk about the original anime anymore, or the manga, or the source material at all. We just talk about our takes on the source material. It feels like we're holding someone hostage and just uh, demanding they praise us for, like, 30-minute episodes they listen to the episode. Keith, I'm gonna level with you. If this podcast doesn't already feel like you're holding someone hostage, you haven't been thinking critically about what this podcast has been. Anyways, before, yeah, before we get too deep into that one, uh, we uh, read through uh, Tony Take uh, Takizaki's Neon Justice Evangelion today. Yep. Um, uh, before we get too far into that, as for my prediction from last time, uh, this was significantly better than Legend of Pico Pico Middle School or video games are what kids play because they don't like piloting Avas, even though they keep asking to pilot Avas and be taken seriously. Um... That being said, the bar was so low, it was kind of impossible for this not to be better than that. Fair. And I kind of think it's good that we're doing this one after that one, because I feel a lot of our complaints we had, and this is before, like, without going too deep into it, a lot of the complaints we had about Pico Pico, I feel like this one shows how it could have done it correctly. Yes. Like, right off the bat, before we get in, and we keep saying before we get into this, but before we get into this, uh, one thing I want to point out is... Uh, one of the complaints we talked about most during our first episode about Pico Pico, uh, and kind of got more into later, is they didn't know how to fucking tell a joke without writing 16 full pages of a light novel, yeah. and then not ending with a joke. Um, this one, everything's relatively concise. Like, I still have issues with this one, but the jokes are definitely jokes, and it doesn't take... Uh, a full page of text to be able to reach that joke that they're doing. Yeah, it's definitely got like a four coma feel to it, even though it's not a four panel story. It's got that vibe of what you expect, where it's like got the quick setup, the punchline, and then the aftermath. Yeah, like some of the like air quotes chapters in this volume are a single page, and that single page contains setup and punchline and payoff all in that one page. Like, yeah. Pretty great. And for some context for this one, uh, the manga released this way wasn't the case. It was actually a serialized thing that Tony Takizaki was doing. 
So all of these chapters were released uh, between the periods of October 4th, 2010 and September 3rd, 2011 before being bundled into this collection. Uh, so uh, a lot of these weren't written back to back either. It had time, I guess, to breathe instead of like having a big connected story. He just kind of, I feel like, thought of something funny, wrote it down, and then published it. Yeah, fair. But yeah, uh, the first opening chapter, I think, kind of sets the vibe you should be expecting for this, where it's a joke about how uh, the next time-ons aren't always accurate in the anime, and it's everyone's favorite part, so let's do a whole thing on just next times on events that will never happen. Yeah, um, and I'm going to be honest, I, there were some funny jokes in here, but I also got a little bit concerned that this was not going to be significantly better than Pico Pico Middle Park uh, yeah. Middle School. Not, not because it's falling for the same issue, but because th the joke throughout these ones seems to be about how overtly sexual they are and how it's impossible not to be sexual. Um, like one of them, uh, the next time on is uh, a mysterious family restaurant opens up, and it's actually angels, and they're doing it to give food poisoning to humanity so that they uh, can't pilot Amos successfully, uh, but Nerve counterattacks by opening up their own cafeteria and make Misato cook in it, uh, and the joke ends up being, uh, the, like, final sting from Misato is that the important thing is actually that she's only wearing an apron while cooking, and it's just, like, not a great joke in my mind, and, like, that's what a couple of them are, like, uh, one of them, uh, Shinji has to learn how to play baseball, and so Misato says, I'm going to be working you long and hard. And, like, that's an accurate statement. But, like, is the joke just always going to be these are always super sexual? Uh, well, uh, the, the reason I'm forgiving of, like, how some of these get really sexual is because the payoff at the end, because even though they're all a bunch of next time on, which seem uh, very isolated, the payoff at the end is Fiyutsuki takes over. <laughs> and it becomes just a completely mundane thing. It becomes a completely mundane one on arguably one of the most sexual ones, because the title of the episode that he's next-timing for is Shinji's private tutor, Asuka, gets implants. Uh, <laughs> Ray, what the fuck? LOL. Yeah. Um, but there, there are definitely some good... Like, for example, the baseball one anyone mentioned. Yeah. I 100% like, I could see this being a plot in the series. <laughs> this could have been oh, an yeah, episode. 100%. Some of these I can definitely see being episodes. Um, the one of cooking in a restaurant, I can see being an episode of the Shinji Akari Raising Project specifically, uh, or a chapter, not an episode, because manga series have chapters, not uh, episodes. Yep. Um, or the Shinji Training in the Mountains one, where like Gendo's looming over him menacingly, and he destroys the fucking melon. Yeah. And uh, Kaji's terrified of the background because the melon's being destroyed. Yeah, no, I, once again, I, I was a little bit concerned that this, while starting off on a better foot, wasn't going to end up much better. Uh, my opinion changed as time went on. Yeah, it's... Although, the first chapter did not help. The first, like, actual chapter, oh, no yeah. help whatsoever. But, uh, and we're gonna get to that, obviously, but I think the big thing about this is, even though some of these chapters are ridiculous, or like, okay, they're debatable whether it's funny... I do appreciate just them being consistent with the characters. Yeah, they're consistent with the characters. The jokes are actually jokes, and they tell them in a uh, reasonable order. Yeah. Uh, not reasonable order, a reasonable pacing. That's where, Yeah, even where though the rules between each chapter aren't necessarily consistent, 
within the chapter, they do a good job of setting up the character, how they are in this joke, and having them consistent for it. There are a few that kind of build on each other, even though they're multiple chapters, though. Yeah. And that's the other thing to mention, is unlike any of the other series we've gone through, this one isn't telling one consistent story overarching. It's just a whole bunch of vignettes of, like, different uh, like one-shot jokes. Um, and then there might end up being links between them, but for the most part, it's just a joke on its own, telling a fun story that parodies Evangelion in some way. Yeah. Uh, and the first one is the case of Ritsuko Akagi. Uh, and there's a few of these chapters that are the cases of certain characters, uh, playing on the whole end of the original animated series, where it was the, you know, the case of Shinji Akari, and we dissected the character and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, this one takes place pretty much near the end of the series, after Ritsuko has killed all the rays and she's being held, and when Genda goes to visit her to ask her why, but it goes off the rails pretty damn quick. Yeah. So... It's, it doesn't start, but, uh, it ends with, uh, not ends, uh, the, like, off-the-rails nature of it starts with, uh, Ritsuko, after lamenting the fact that she has no more purpose, uh, just asking Gendo to, uh, have his way with her body, um, like she did, or like he did that one time, and then it's just... Gendo listing a whole bunch of weird sexual misadventures that the two of them have had together. I did get a chuckle to quit it. Like, it's not the best, like, probably I would say this chapter's got, like, the worst, uh, one of the worst levels of jokes in it, but there were definitely a few parts that made me chuckle. Like, just the concept of... The thought of having this Gendo be like, we're going to go rob a store naked except for ski masks? Yeah. Because they only had enough wool to make masks. Couldn't have worn normal clothing. No. Had to wear something made of wool. <laughs> Gendo only got the one outfit. They would immediately identify him. Yeah. But yeah, he's just listening off all the weird ones. Like, he was feeding her where he did the thing where you put your arms under the person's, like, armpits and act as their arms. And then, uh... Mai uh, ends up coming to save her, and when she enters the room, <laughs> Ritsuko's dressed up as an angel, and uh, Gendo's dressed up as an ape. Yeah. Uh, and, uh... You say Maya saves her. Uh, Maya does not save well, her. Well, no, she comes to um, save her, and then decides, I yeah, don't want to save any much, of these people. They very much so seem to proceed in spite of Maya, so Maya runs back to Oba and... Um, other guy, um, and uh, asks them if what they're doing is right or wrong because it feels like they're on the wrong side of history. And it's just one word in this that, like, or one phrase I show you that just, I, I, I keep giggling about is the fact that Kendo's like, very well, I'll launch myself. Yeah. Because he asks uh, Maya to. Help set the mood by saying Ava Unit 1 lift off. Yeah. Uh, and she refuses, so uh, he uh, launches himself. Anyways, that's chapter 1. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, uh, we get a little short one of those one page chapters, which is. Uh, Kaji can't get Kaji. the size of anything correct anymore because he spent too much time around Ava's. Uh, yeah, he has no idea of... Uh, he has no sense of scale after spending so much time with Ava's and all their giant equipment. Um, 
and uh, makes a comment about how, uh, at this point, he even has started thinking that Katsuragi's chest is rather small, um, which she is not happy to hear. Yeah, this is pretty much just a recontext of the same joke from the series where he's flirting with Ritsuko and uh, Misato's just angry looking for the glass. Yeah. Uh, we Now, it's not really part of any of the chapters, but we get a little like side comic thing here where it's them ordering ramen and Ray's like, I'd order uh, garlic ramen uh, served on a naked woman and everyone's freaking out. Yeah. Um... Well, to be fair, uh, Misato and Asuka are definitely freaking out. Uh, Shinji has the face of someone freaking out, but uh, has the comment of a pervert in that he is asking if he can share. Yeah. Um, which, way to go, Shinji. Anyways, uh, next actual chapter. This is uh, uh, this is the one that actually like fully turned it around for me and made me realize this is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, which is... Uh, Ray is just going around destroying glasses. Yep. Uh, she sees uh, Makoto's glasses laying there as he's yawning. She just like walks over and just fucking twists them into pieces. Uh, and this is honestly uh, actually a pretty dumb joke. Yeah. But I fucking lo- not that like the crushing glasses is I think is a funny joke to make even if it's also maybe a little dumb. But uh, Shinji reacting to her crushing glasses by just saying it was like a mother and then just. Constantly referring to her as very motherly and asking her to make him snacks or make him lunch after that. Yeah. Uh, that I don't think it should have, but it absolutely got me. Well, I think it's because it's playing on the relationship between Rei and Shinji, like, turned up. Whereas it's obviously subtly done in the uh, main series. But ultimately, Shinji's relationship with Rei is because he feels that motherly connection to her, right? Yeah. He's, he kind of feels like... It's his mother, because it is, in a part, in a way, and that's how he bases all relationship. And this is just him taking any opportunity he can to just say, it's, oh, breaking glasses like mother? I mean, I guess there's also the possibility that Yui got pissed at Gendo one day, he just snapped his glasses, and that's what he's remembering. Yeah. Uh, and then the best part uh, is uh, he ends up turning, uh, sorry, uh, buddy whose glasses got broken. Hugo. He has a name. Hugo, thank you. Uh, he ends up turning up to uh, Gendo doing the classic Gendo pose at his desk and being like, Commander Akari, please say something. You understand uh, because you also wear glasses. And then it just zooms in because it's a super blurry image of Gendo because he's not wearing his glasses. And it turns out it's just Fuji sitting behind the desk in the Gendo pose. And he just has a line of, sorry, Hyuga. Commander Four Eyes is out. I have 20-20 vision. And it's just... <laughs> <laughs> the idea of Yuga also bullying people with glasses. Yeah. Pretty great. Uh, and uh, I gotta say, uh, the jokes we get with Fiyutsuki in this are probably my favorite things with Fiyutsuki, because this Fiyutsuki does not, like, fuck around. Yeah. Um. Yes, there's a... We'll talk about it when we get to it, but there is a later one of Fiyutsuki's chapters that is just hilarious, if yeah. you ask me. Um, anyways, uh, next chapter, uh, entitled Fourth Invalid, uh, is a play on the whole, um, the fourth child of Kaji, not Kaji, um, Toji. Toji. Uh, I can see their their names sound similar, they're the same age, I can see you can mix them up. Yeah, they're both 40-year-old men, uh, both of them spent a little bit too much time, uh, trying to make Shinji into a man, but through different methods. Anyways, um, it's a play on how, uh... Toji ended up in the hospital bed after piloting an Ava, except in this time it is not piloting an Ava that uh, lands him in a hospital bed. Um, 
Yeah, Misato is very uh, adamant that Shinji eats the meal she made for him that was made with love. And he does uh, all he can to dodge her. And then she ends up running into Toji and is like, Oh, Toji, give it to Shinji, will you? And Toji, being the person he is, is going to take every moment he can to eat any food of anyone else's if he can get away with it. Yeah. Uh, we also get a nice scene of uh, at lunchtime when Toji goes to eat the bento box. Uh, Class Prez uh, walks up and she sees him pull out a bento box because she's doing the whole oh I accidentally made way too much lunch I have spared do you maybe want to eat it but she sees him pull out a bento box covered in a napkin with hearts on it and immediately is like oh 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 shit that's that's not ideal uh, meanwhile Shinji recognizing the bento box tries to explain to Toji that he really shouldn't um which uh, leads to a great moment, which is uh, Toji scarfing down the food uh, while explaining uh, to uh, uh, Shinji that, like, laughing at Misato for being a bad cook is a really corny joke and not the kind of jokes that uh, actual comedic series would make. Uh, but my favorite part about this is he goes back to referring to uh, Shinji as uh, the professor, yeah. which... A-plus writing. You know what? No. Uh... A++ writing. Anyways, it ends with uh, Toji back in the hospital bed. Uh, but also saying that it was fully worth it to support a woman. So, uh, Class Press beats the shit out of him while he's hospitalized. Yeah, she yanks out his IV. Yeah. Which is a good one, too, that like they have the self-aware joke of, like, uh, he's saying, oh, they wouldn't do this, this is a high-class comedy series. <laughs> and then immediately that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, and then we get another one of those tiny uh, ones in between chapters, which is when uh, Kaji's delivering Adam, or the embryo, to Kendo. Yeah, and Kendo just immediately scoops it up and scarfs it down. Yeah, just pops it into his mouth. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, next next have up the, we have... Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, the case of Bisato Katsuragi, which I think this is another one that has an amazing payoff. Yeah, this one is fantastic, and it's it's one of the ones where, when we discussed uh, Pico Pico Middle Park, about how the only jokes that really landed outside of the Oscar "Ah fuck" uh, scene yeah. were ones that had their payoff because they were set up by uh, Neon Genesis, and it was a fun little twist on this. Yeah, this one is an example of that, but they do a much better job of setting it up to be a twist on the original series, which is it's the whole scene we've seen before of Shinji seeing some of uh, Misato's backstory. And the whole scene of uh, Shinji seeing uh, Misato have relations with Kaji and Misato trying to say, no, Shinji, uh, don't show Shinji this. Uh, except it starts off that way uh, with Ethereal Ray asking, like, why? Are you embarrassed to show this to him? And then it really comes to Misato just being a huge fucking dork and weirdo. Yeah. And uh, her, like, grabbing Shinji while he's spectating and be like, Shinji, listen to me! Yes, I had dirty, nasty sex with Kaji. That much was true. Everything else she's shown you is completely false. I promise. That shit did not happen. I'm not that weird. Yeah, she's just fucking Ray gaslighting Misato. <laughs> yeah. And the, the best part about this payoff, too, is, like, she, she's, like, because she admits it, technically she has that, like, moment that Shinji has at the end of the series where he is able to face himself and like himself. But, but we said to him, being like, yeah, the dirty, nasty sex, the scene breaks down, and it's everyone congratulating her. Yeah. But also, like, like Shinji just, like, fully is like, oh, we had the dirty nice sex. Like, oh, I, I knew that, Misato. You're an adult. 
Well, to be fair, it starts with her saying, I also love terrible puns. And then it's, this is the kind of woman I am. I'm sorry, Shinji. And Shinji's like, I don't know why you thought I would be disappointed. I live with you. I know what kind of person you are. Uh, and then it's immediately everyone applauding her. Yeah, uh, her she's like, stop clapping, damn it. Yeah. Alright, so the next one... The next one was dumb. It was the dumb, next one was real dumb. To be fair, they gave us a warning with the Toji eating the uh, the, uh, the uh, bento box one, where it said a highbrow series wouldn't do this, and he did, they did it. Yeah, and so uh, I guess they're leaning into the fact that they're pretty lowbrow because this one involves the uh, scene where uh, Unit One consumes the angel, eats their S two core, and is now fully ready for instrumentality slash third impact slash whatever you want to call it. Um, Except uh, it immediately goes from it eating the S2 drive and everyone being like, oh god, what's happening? To it um, shitting profusely and throwing that shit everywhere. Yeah. And everyone uh, the is joke like, vomiting and screaming and the Risco's just perfectly fine because she expected it. Yeah, the joke ends up being that there was one of the pages of the Dead Sea Scrolls was just covered in vomit, so she knew to expect something like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's the joke. Uh, and then uh, the next chapter is another one of those really good ones where it's set up so well by what you expect from the anime, which is the yeah. uh, you can just smile scene. Yeah, it's uh, Shinji rescuing Ayanami from the... Uh, I almost called it a butt plug because this series has broken <laughs> my brain. The entry plug. Uh, rescuing Ayanami from the entry plug, and then she's like, what should I do in this situation? He's like, you can smile. And then it's her saying, if you want me to smile, I need you to do something funny to make me smile. And then it's just Shinji being an incredibly awkward person and not understanding how to make someone smile. Yeah, you're like doing puns and it's not working because she just doesn't understand puns. Uh, it's him doing like slapstick stuff. Or like, hey, look, uh, doesn't the thing on my arm look like a face? <laughs> and then he hurts himself and he can't figure it out. And then ultimately he's like, hmm. And he fucking does the Gendo pose says, I hate you, Shinji. <laughs> and she starts smiling. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, she's learned so well from Gendo. Yep. Um, the next chapter is called The Douche of Life. Um, this one just seemed like a lot of nonsense. I'm sure this is a very specific reference that, like, if I lived in Japan would make lots of sense and be very funny. But it's just them doing, like... Well, it's Misato, from what I can tell, practicing magical girl poses uh, in the bathroom. Um fucking it up repeatedly and not understanding why and then Ritsuko walks in and uh, makes fun of her because Ritsuko's very smart and Misato just goofed around in school and because uh, Ritsuko paid attention she knows the actual magical girl pose thing that she has to do and uh, ends up doing it to ruin Misato's day and then we cut ahead to the uh, uh, adult kiss uh, scene from End of Evangelion <laughs> and as she's giving that emotional speech she just goes cue at her yeah uh, and then it uh, shows the final fight between uh, Shinji and one of the MPEs, and uh, it has the caption on the bottom of, Whichever one wins, Misato loses. <laughs> uh, next chapter I thought was another pretty insightful one from the uh, original series. Yeah, uh, which was um, be ab uh, abusive with uh, the hospital. Yeah, it's Shinji shouting at Asuka to help him 
uh, from that scene where she's comatose after everything that's happened to her. And uh, she ends up kicking him in the head and showing him about how she's wallowing in self-pity. Why is he doing something like this? And he's like, just just abuse me. And then the chapter's just her just insulting him aggressively and him being way too into it. Which uh, I feel like uh, this definitely could have been how the series went at that point. I, I think this fits both characters a little too well. Yeah. I don't have much to say about this chapter other than uh, she starts deteriorating and stops making sense. And, uh... Like, it looks like she's, like, tired. And Shinji looks like he's tired. And he's like, okay, more? And we just cut to her looking down at him in disgust and saying the phrase, how disgusting. Yeah, which was the uh, her final line in the End of Evangelion. Yeah. I honestly have no memory about ambivalence. Uh, I am this, ambivalent towards that chapter. <laughs> this is the one where Maya doesn't want to eat the fish eye because uh, being around angel guts and all that stuff all the time and seeing the Avas makes her feel kind of, like, odd about it. Oh, is that the one where she wants them to make a sexy Ava? <laughs> I, I, Yes, it's the one where she wants to make... Well, it's... it's I wouldn't say it's a sexy Ava. It's very clearly just... Uh, darn, what's the name of the... Uh, superhero. Uh, Shin, Shin Kamen Rider? Sure. But it's uh, another one that Ano's worked on uh, in Japan, and uh, there's a lot of Kamen Rider references in Neon Genesis, and, and the, pretty much the sexy even going is just Kamen Rider. Uh, fair enough. Anyways, uh, fucking Ritsuko ends up showing up and just consuming the fish eyeball. Um, Which breaks and, Maya. Yeah. Next chapter. Love is destructive. Uh, this one was quite amusing to me. Which was Asuka trying to figure out from Hikari uh, why she likes Toji. And Hikari explaining all the reasons and none of them making sense to Asuka. Like, he's very kind. He's very manly. He's got a great sense of fashion. Um... And she ends up, like, revealing extra details, like she's looked under his shirt, and, or under his uh, windbreaker that he keeps zipped up all the time. Yeah, he wears mature boxers. Wears yeah. But don't worry, I only saw the boxers by accident, I wasn't actually, like, looking for them. Um, she totally was. Yeah. Anyways, it cuts to Asuka inside the uh, Unit 2, and her sync rate is in single digits, because she's just so broken by hearing... Uh, Fucking Maya trying to, or not Maya, Hakari trying to say nice things about Toji. Yeah. And then this little tiny one's kind of like uh, a cap off to that one where she's back to normal. She's like, Shinji shit turd turd. Yeah. He's like, oh, she's back to normal. Uh, this one's uh, an interesting one. Yeah, uh, we saw to behind her heart, and it's an. Uh, uh, Angel starts attacking the city, uh, while all the kids are away at band camp. Yeah. Um, and so they don't know what to do. And uh, Mitsato uses this opportunity to just lament the fact that, uh... Why does it have to be 14-year-olds that pilot Avas? Like, why did, Why is that a thing? Uh, and she decides to try and trick the Ava by dressing up in a schoolgirl outfit and convincing the Ava that she's actually 14. Yeah. Um... 
Uh, obviously, this causes a lot of, like, <laughs> disturbances and confusion amongst all the staff. And then fucking the punchline of Misato running at the Ava and it just fucking crushing her. Yeah. I First of all, I enjoy Hugo referring to uh, Misato in this moment as a lolly milf. Yeah, a lolly uh, milf. That's it's got me all sexually confused. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh... But, like, the, the joke is obviously Misato getting crushed by the Ava because it rejects Oh, yeah. Him. And then it's... And then Katsurisa, Ritsuko, wearing, uh, like, schoolgirl, like, swimming suit that just says Ritsuko, uh, eighth grade, and she's like, thank god I didn't try this. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing Misato went first. Yeah. Uh, next one... Oh, I actually fucking chortled at the next one. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, the scene from the anime where Buddy's explaining the concept of second impact. Yeah. And going through the classic line of a giant meteorite hit the nor uh, hit the Antarctic and killed half of the population, all the mothers. Um, but then he immediately cuts to no. This is the lies that the government wants you to believe. The truth is much more simple, uh, and it explains the concept of Avas and angels and all that shit. He just explains uh, the whole plot of the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> yeah, the human instrumentality project, like all of it. He just explains all those details. Um. I, only for, like, the fucking uh, nerve security team to bust down the door and drag him screaming away from the room and then uses the fucking Men in Black, like, uh, Neuralizer, I believe is what it's called, yeah. to, like, flash away their memories. Uh, and then they cut to the next morning and everyone's like, man, it's weird, we talked about it, none of us remember yesterday. But we were probably just too bored in school and zoned out. And the teacher's going back to telling the, like, classic story about the second impact, except it like zooms in on his head and you can see he's had his skull like removed yeah. and then stitched back on I mean if you think about it too the, the teacher had to have known some of those details yes uh, the next chapter as well uh, Cheapskate uh, Dilemma I think this yeah. one does and this might be giving too much credit to uh, the, the Pico Pico one but I think this one did what they were aiming for with Ritsuko in that one, but much better. Yeah. Because this one is Ritsuko is not played as like she's being stupid, even though she's doing stupid things. But then the plot twist at the end is she was doing stupid things so that Gendo would take her away. Yeah. Uh, because the whole point of this, our whole premise of this one is uh, they've been complaining about budget and they aren't getting enough funding to uh, fix the Avas after every fight. So she comes up with a couple redesigns to make the Avas uh, cheaper and also more effective in combat, even if they have less mobility. And uh, talks about running some simulations to see if they'd still be effective. And basically the way they redesign the Avas and then the simulations they run is it's just the fucking Mighty Morphing Power Rangers fight scenes where it's clearly just a guy in a suit and then the Avas are also, or Angels are also just dudes in suits, except it goes through all the different Angel fights where it's clearly just a person wearing a costume. My personal favorite and is the Ramiel fight, where it's the Ramiel fucking uh, octahedron, but with just two human legs yeah, sticking legs. out of the bottom of it. Yeah, it's like all, all, all of those great Godzilla, like, early 50s and 60s, like, monster things, where it's like, they're, they're in just a model city, and the two guys in suits just throwing shit around. Yeah. Except for uh, the Tenth Angel, which was the super massive one that had to be caught, and that's just two guys in one suit, like the yeah. fucking horse costume, except it's an angel suit. Yeah, this one was pretty good. 
Yeah, and then obviously this is all going on, and then Gendo shows up, and he's like, aren't you ashamed of yourself? You're the smartest person at Nerf. Yeah. And she's just, like, really happy she's being dragged away. Anyways, the next volume uh, plays off the initial scene from Evangelion, uh, where Shinji has the postcard for Misato where she's pointing out her cleavage, except it's just an entire magazine of glamour shots of Misato. Yeah. And Pen Pen. And Pen Pen does get a glamour shot or two, yep. Yeah. Um, Shinji's flipping through it, and he's like, does she not understand the concept of the internet and the fact that, like, people can get so much more than this for free already? And then, who would even pay for this? And cut to Hyoga, like, begging to buy a copy, saying she can name her price. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we got the next one here, which is uh, the beard that shouted wolf at the heart of the nerve. And the joke's okay in this one, but I think it's the concept that I uh, laughed the most at this one. is just that every time an angel's attacking, apparently Gendo's running through the streets announcing it. Yeah, it's very much so a play on the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Um, but it's Gendo shouting about angels attacking while he runs through the empty streets of Tokyo 3 and no one pays him any attention or believes him. Yeah. Well, he does it a few times, and they mobilize everything. And then he finally does it the last time, and it's fucking impact sturdy. Yep. Alright. He was aware that he was still naked. The horror that everyone has experienced in their dreams. Yeah. Um, Shinji uh, being naked, being seen by Rei, uh, and then... Trying to explain that uh, this is all a sign that he's actually the perfect Ava pilot because he doesn't even need clothes to pilot an Ava. And End of he, joke. Yeah, he catches a cold. They beat him, and then Ray's like, "I don't know what the big deal was. I'm always naked." Yeah, I'm naked in most of the scenes I appear in. Uh, and then we get another one of those one-page extra chapters, which was uh, they recognize that they only really have the one weapon against uh, angels if they get in a complicated fight where fists aren't enough, and that's the Spear of Longinus. So they need some more options. Um, and so they talk about uh, go with Ray in Unit Zero going vaudeville, getting her cane, and uh, they're currently working on weaving a top hat, but the amount of wool it requires is insane. Uh, or a straw hat. Yeah. Um, Asuka, because she graduated from college, they're going to get her a T-square. Uh, made of uranium uh, to use as a weapon, and then because Shinji's only good at cooking, uh, you're giving him a tossed salad to defeat the uh, angels with, and this is the first point where Futsuki's like, uh, how would he defeat someone with a tossed salad? And this one, I think, is a pretty good joke, where it ends with fucking Gendo just being like, all of those were jokes, how is a tossed salad the first one you take issue with? You didn't comment on the cane or the T-square, I had to keep pushing the envelope until you said something. And then that little mini one in between is Gendo just tapping on Shinji's head, telling him, it's like, uh, if you won't pilot, then just go away, kiddo. Yeah. Uh, next one is the uh, a play on the scene where uh, Kaji and Misato are walking back together after their date and uh, explaining why they never worked out. And it's just Misato explaining, like, we never would have worked out, you're just like my dad, and I realized that, and it wasn't going to work for me once I realized that. And, uh... All of the descriptions she gives are actually descriptions of herself, yeah. which Kaji keeps trying to fucking shut her up and explain that. 
Yeah, like she's like, oh, yeah, all the things that she's listing. And he's like, you do realize you've been describing yourself this whole time. Yeah. Like she says stuff like, uh, oh, where is it? Um, you're both dressed sloppily. You don't shave very well. Uh, you leave dirty socks lying around everywhere. Uh, you both chug light beer and end up farting a lot because of it. Uh, and he's just like, everything you are saying is just describing yourself. Anyways, the next chapter is one of those classic flashback stories. Yeah. Which, uh, I do quite enjoy the ridiculousness of Nerve being, like, a nothing company that's trying to get itself <laughs> up into business. It's literally just Fiyunsuke, Gendo, and, uh, Rei, which implies that at this point, Yui is already dead, uh, but didn't die as a part of Nerve, so it's just fucking Rei, Gendo, and Fiyunsuki hanging yeah, yeah. out in a he had the resources had. to make Ray one. Yeah. Uh, and then they simulate an angel attacking with Ray having a fucking extension cord taped to her back to represent the umbilical cord that uh, kept her tied to the base. Uh, and uh, it's just Fuji getting physically yeah, abused. Yeah, they just, just beat the shit out of him. And then uh, Ray squirts him in the crotch with a water gun. Uh, also, this is all talking about how they've recently gotten funding. And they're talking about how it was completely different back in the day. So the chapter ends with a landlord smacking on the door saying, you're four months behind on rent and everyone's complaining about you. Uh, and then Gendo and Ray just climb out the window and leave Fuchsky to deal with it. The part that got like really got me at the end of this too was they did the joke from when uh, uh, Ritsuko dies in the anime <laughs> where it's Fuchsky, I truly am and it's gone. And he laughs, he's this liar. Yeah. Uh, the next extra chapter really got me. Yeah, the Kaji chapter. It's the Kaji explaining why he grows melons, but uh, instead of it being whatever he said in the original anime, it's just, I like big round things, uh, so I want to die surrounded by bigger and rounder things. Um, so all I'm doing is uh, watering these melons, and it's just should you have the realization of, Kaji, you're, uh, you're not that smart, are you? Just recontext everything if we remove the backstory we know about Kaji. It's just he wants to see the biggest, roundest things. Yeah. Uh, this is followed up by another one of those one-page extra chapters, except this time it's uh, Asuka learning how to write in Japanese because they have the, kaj uh, the kanji, the katakana, and the uh, hiragana, and it's just so much to learn. Unlike German, which only has the one alphabet, which makes it a superior, more efficient language. Um, and, uh... So she talks about how she's learning Katakana, and by next month, she'll be able to write a perfect love letter to uh, Kaji. And the, like, joke of it is, if you zoom in on the name she's been spelling, not a single one of them has been spelt right. My, my favorite one is, uh, Ritsuko, or it's Risky Akagi, Ph.D.? Risky Akagi, yeah. I'm a fan of Chinji Ayanami, or sorry, Chinji Akari. Yeah. Like the rest are okay. Like Yoji Kaji, uh, like they're all close, but just like fucking Risky Akagi got me. Yeah. Uh, then we get the funny messenger, which is uh, Kaoru showing his face in this thing. Yeah. So it's. Supposedly Shinji and Kaoru doing a stand-up routine, except it's Kaoru just 
constantly ruining uh, Shinji's attempt to do a stand-up routine by lamenting how awful Ava's are, and then also, like, making sly sexual remarks towards Shinji. Um, uh, I, I do think this might have... I know we said that the uh, suck and squeeze, or whatever it was, uh, from Pico Pico was maybe one of the better... Uh, coward jokes in all of the Ava we've consumed, yeah. but I do think this one might actually have the best one, which is, uh, aft at the end of their um, comedy routine, uh, Shinji uh, yelling about how you're supposed to let the straight man talk to and not just plow through with all the absurd things you're saying, and uh, Kaoru's response is straight man? Now you tell me! <laughs> Uh, a little nice touch too is that every time Shinji tries to do like the joke, like backhand smack into the chest, <laughs> he never gets the yeah AT field. Yeah. Uh, this uh, next one I really enjoyed. I'm gonna be honest. I thought the next one was super fucking dumb until the punchline, and then I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, which is it's the Ava taking its first step and everyone being super excited that it actually walked and worked, and then it immediately face-planting and the rest of the combat between the Ava and the uh, Satchel uh, is just everyone making stupid jokes and laughing hilariously at everything that's happening. And I was like, man, this is kind of dumb. Uh, but then the punchline is they go to school the next day, and Shinji's perfectly fine, not injured at all. But Ray walks in, covered in blood, yeah. way more bandaged than ever before. And he's like, what happened, Ayanami? And she's just like, can I ask you a favor? The next time you see me wheel up on a fucking gurney, get in the fucking robot. Yeah. <laughs> or pilot it instead. It's, yeah, okay, yeah, Shinji decided, no, this girl, she can pilot it. And I was fucking losing it as she's burning herself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the uh, next uh, extra chapter, this one isn't even labeled an extra chapter, but it's one of those one-panel, uh, or one-page jokes, which is uh, Misato, trying to, uh, Misato trying to pull an Emperor's new yeah, Emperor's uh, clothes, clothes uh, on Asuka and explaining, like, only idiots can't see the clothes. Are you saying you can't see the clothes? And she's like, no, I could see them. But what you're forgetting is, if I put these on, Shinji will see me as naked, and we can't have that, and that's where, uh, Misato's plans are foiled. Yeah, she's, like, outsmarted by a teenager, and Asuka has the very concerning thing of, this was supposed to be a joke, right? Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, next volume is the fan service uh, volume. Which is, they say a bunch of nonsense, uh, quite literally, they say the words stuff and junk are at their limit. Um, and Crap then they realize that, surpassing danger lines. Yeah, uh, and they realize that the only way to save the day is for everyone to start uh, participating in fan service. Um, and it starts like the traditional way of Misato bending over for a pencil and being very revealing, or uh, uh, Akagi uh, getting way too physically clo close to, close to Maya. Uh, and at this point, I'm like, oh, this is another one of those dumb chapters. Uh, but then it goes to, uh... Oba. Hyuga... Oh, sorry, Oba. Uh, taking on an air guitar and playing an air guitar riff. And, uh, like, they do some great glamour shots of him air guitaring. And then it just cuts to Maya, and she's like, uh, it was getting better, but it has started plummeting again. We are losing everything. Um, and he's like, oh, well, I guess I can, uh... 
do another air guitar riff, or I know the air drums, and she's like, if you fucking try, I will kill you. I will just kill you if you try that again. <laughs> um, yeah, then Hugh gets there so, and I can't find my glasses a bit. That, it makes it even worse. Um, Maya tries to do, like, look up the uh, check out these legs, and also, I'm not even wearing my pantyhose today. And, like, Kaji comes in, and he's like, no, that's that's the wrong way to do fan service. Maya, it's you have to your lead style. Into, yeah, you have to lead into your uh, innocent nature. Um, and then <laughs> Asuka comes running in, and she's like, if we're taking advantage of innocent people and uh, doing that, uh, and she grabs Shinji, and both her and Misato start rubbing up against Shinji, and he just collapses into um, a catatonic state, essentially. Anyways, it continues that way for a little bit, and then the peak best part of any of the material I've consumed ever is Fuzuki jumping in. He's like, no, you're all doing it wrong. The concept of fan service has been ruined, and people think it only means sex. The truest form of fan service is this. And then he just starts kicking the shit out of Gendo <laughs> yeah. and calling him a murderous son of a bitch. And it works, Ooh. and it uh, ends up giving the stuff, and they just start fucking destroying everything. Yeah. And in fact, Misato destroys Kaji's melons again, and he's just so sad. <laughs> yep. Uh, there is one joke that we didn't mention that one that I do want to go back to, and that's after Shinji collapses, uh, Ray comes up and doesn't understand what's going on, then he does the thing of, like, oh, you should run down the hall with toast in your mouth, and she does, yeah. fucking trips and just breaks all her teeth. <laughs> yes! And Shinji's like, I wanted to collide with her, but it wouldn't have been deliberate. Yeah, it would have been deliberate, and that's not proper fan service. Yeah. Anyways, they have successfully saved fan service, and the series can continue. Yep. Uh, the next one is probably my favorite chapter here. Uh, yes. Uh, another flashback to the time when they were trying to get Nerv off the ground. And this is one of those examples you mentioned earlier of, like, some of them that were linked, even though it's all just supposed to be separate vignettes. But yep. this one is linked to the earlier one of them starting Nerv. Uh, and they uh, create Nervton, a mascot, to help get people invested in uh, Nerv's fight against the Angels, because... Well, yes, it's mostly about human instrumentality. Gendo does foresee them having to fight angels later on. Um, and so... Uh, Ritsuko is introduced as a child who's also a college student at this point. And then they uh, cut to a essentially stage play of... Um, Gendo as an angel fighting against Fuzuki. And... It's like play acting, but also Futi just keeps getting more and more furious because the Nerf Talon costume that he's supposed to be wearing is just the hottest shit, and it's the middle of the hottest summer. Yeah. And Gendo's over here wearing, like, reasonable summer apparel and then a mask to look like a fucking angel. Yeah. And so Futi gets, like, increasingly pissed off and just kicks the shit out of Gendo at a certain point. Yeah, the crowd starts cheering and was like, you can do it, old man! Yeah. He lands the one punch and takes Gendo down. Anyways, all of this is uh, set over a backdrop of uh, Fuzuki being uh, interrogated yep. interrogated by Sile. And Sile starts by like apologizing for the rough nature with which they got him there. And he's like, don't worry about the me, I've been through worse. And then it's that fucking flashback of him going through the terrible summer. Yep. And then Kaji ends up breaking in to like save Fuzuki like he does in the series. Except it 
then reveals Fuchsky just standing up, tearing the shackles off with his bare hands, and just being the most ripped old man of all yeah, time. Yeah, he, he flexes out of his suit. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, that was very kind of you, Kaji, but I could have escaped at any point in time. You see, I'm very tough for my age. And then, with his pure muscle and determination now, he just starts instrumentality himself. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, Gendo keeps lying and putting pushing back instrumentality, so he's gonna do it himself. The end. Yeah, it's like it's like look forward to Fuzuki's next work. The end. Yeah. But, uh, I think overall, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this one does a much better job of what I think the goal of Pico Pico was. But it, you know, it actually did jokes correctly, and it was consistent with the characters. The characters didn't feel off. Like, even though we had Ritsuko doing stupid things, the payoff was usually she knew she was doing something stupid for her other goal, which is she just is obsessed with Gendo. Yeah. It didn't, uh, like, completely ignore who the character was to have the joke of she does stupid things for Gendo. But in this case, it's she specifically is knowingly doing stupid things for Gendo. Or uh, even the jokes like Misato keeps doing things that are needlessly sexy or not self-aware. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yes, I agree. Uh, this one seems to uh, do what arguably um, Pico Pico was trying to do, but does it much more successfully. And I guess at the same time, it wasn't bound by, I guess, an internal logic. It had to be consistent with either where it was a series of vignettes and only a few of them actually linked to each other. Uh, or have yeah. a callback joke to a joke early, even if they're not linked directly. Like, uh, Kaji's Melling's being destroyed was like a re returning joke for a few times through this. Yes. Or the multiple flashbacks to there just being Gendo and Fuyutsuki in a fucking one-bedroom apartment. Uh, doing their best. <laughs> yeah, Fuzuki, Gendo, and Ray won. And then I guess they yeah. get joined by Ritsuko. <laughs> but, uh, you know, honestly, I would not hate to see that story arc fleshed out into its own series. Yeah. That, that could be I'd be into that. One. I would be into that as a separate storyline. But uh, I, I think the highlight of this whole thing is definitely buff Fuzuki. Oh, for sure. It's a relatively short one, too, but again, most of the the chapters in this are, like, a page or two, with a few of them being maybe four or five. Yeah. Uh, a very quick read. It didn't, like... And that's the thing about Pico Pico, is I felt myself getting exhausted. It dragged, yes. Reading it. Like, I woke up in the morning, pretty much the first thing I did was read that series, and then... I felt like taking a nap as soon as I was done because I was just emotionally drained. Whereas this one, not that bad at all. Pretty reasonable pacing and stuff. Yeah, it's short and sweet with a lot of its stuff. As we said, the punchlines are good. And even if there was jokes like that weren't the best, because there's like two or three of them that are like, okay, it didn't spoil it because, you know, it was done within three pages. Yeah. You didn't have to read through a whole like light novel to get the punchline that was more often than not just a nothing. Yeah, the punchline 
yeah, I think that's the best thing I can say about this compared to Pico Pico. Not that this is a thrilling endorsement of this, but compared to Pico Pico, <laughs> after what we went through over the last two weeks, the best thing I can say about this is the jokes had punchlines. A huge improvement after the last <laughs> thing we read. Yep. So overall, would you say you were a fan of this one? See, here's the thing about that, Keith. Is right now, I want to say yes. <laughs> I want to say this was fantastic. I am concerned that I only feel so positively about <laughs> this because of its comparison to Pico Pico. And I don't know that I would say that if it weren't for Pico Pico. Uh, maybe when we're done all the uh, spinoffs here, we'll do a ranking to determine which ones you like the most. Yeah. Uh, though I'm pretty confident that Pico Pico is probably going to be at the bottom for you. I, I think we can confidently just leave Pico Pico off of the list. It's like comparing apples to oranges, except you're complete, uh, comparing content to depression. <laughs> Yeah, uh, with that, I think that's going to wrap everything up for this, so we'll start wrapping up the episode. So, as always, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can always send us an email at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. On top of that, this episodes go up every Wednesday on all podca podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. Like, favorite, subscribe, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best for passing these podcasts around and growing community. We also have the Fairway Evangelion Instagram page. We update the series facts, little tidbits, and information on where we're at in the series we go through. And, and it's also just generally a good time, man. Just, like, hang out. Yeah, exactly. Pretty cool. We're, I think the two of us can confidently agree. We're pretty cool. Cool. And to show I don't know why I felt the need to throw that in at the end. I'm sorry. <laughs> and to show how cool we are, Peter... As always, what can we expect on the next episode of Farewell Evangelion? Next time on Farewell Evangelion, you can expect murder, intrigue, mystery, romance, and, as always, plenty of fan service. <laughs>